www.brfcs.com. By the fans. For the fans. Since 1996. Welcome to BRFCS podcast number 40. I'm Wen Waihu, the BRFCS editor, and with me in today's virtual studio are assistant editor Eddie, BRFCS member Philip L, and Glenn from BRFCS admin, who's also doing the production of today's podcast. Now, last week we had an interview with the secretary of BRFC Action Group, Mark Fish. We hope that you've had a chance to listen to that in podcast number 39. And he was discussing the series of meetings that the action group had had since the end of last season with the football authorities. And also he was telling us about the background to the open floor meeting with Chevy Singh that had taken place early in the day last Saturday and about the organisation of the meeting. Today we'll be having some comments on those meetings and then we'll be looking at the football in this, the first podcast of the new 2012-13 season. We started with a 1-1 draw away to Ipswich Town. First of all, I'd just like to welcome everyone in. Uh, Eddie, you're rather hot over in Paris, I believe. Yeah, we've got a bit of a heat wave at the moment, and uh, it's not a city built for heat, so it's it's a bit difficult. Um, my apartment is, is boiling, but I'll try and make it through. And Eddie, you've uh, managed to see the Ipswich Town match uh, uh, on, on the telly, I believe. Yeah, I watched it. I had the pleasure of watching it this morning. It was uh, nice to wake up to. Um, I listened to the radio commentary yesterday, but watched the full match this morning. Okay, good. Well, we look forward to hearing about the Ipswich Town match. Um, Philip Hell, uh, you're uh, over in Malta. How's it going there? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> a few degrees hotter than um, I, I think it is in either London or Paris. Um, they've been having it um, up around 40 degrees in Malta all the last month. Everyone's extremely grumpy and complaining about the extreme heat. And I must admit, having been away from it for a while, uh, I always usually have heat well, but I'm suffering a bit here. Uh, great. That's good to hear. Yeah, Usually the other way around. I'm usually suffering from heat exhaustion when I'm doing the podcast. But uh, uh, now in uh, sunny Sheffield, it's rather beautiful here. Uh, and uh, Glenn, you're just up the road in uh, in Leeds. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, nice to be on, on this side of the podcast again. Um, and just like everybody else, we're suffering from a heat wave. Not quite as hot here today as it was in um, Ipswich yesterday, but still, um, still very much shorts and T-shirt weather. Excellent, yeah, and uh, of course you were down in uh, uh, Ipswich yesterday, and uh, last weekend you were over in Ireland uh, watching the Cork game. Yeah, um, as, as we seem to have turned this into a weather podcast, absolutely. Um, Cork just being the exact opposite of Ipswich, and so much that it seemed to rain the entire time. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, we'll be discussing the football uh, later, but first of all, uh, if we could uh, just have a look at the. Uh, action group meetings uh, that have been held uh, since uh, since the end of last season. Uh, first of all, uh, Philip, um, you were involved in uh, some of those meetings. Uh, you also have listened to uh, uh, Mark Fisher's interview. Um, how did uh, how did you see things? 
Well, well I mean, first of all, I think Mark uh, Fisher's interview was absolutely superb. He um, very accurately and extremely articulately uh, expressed um, what I understand to be the situation, you know, uh, as a snapshot of how things uh, are and were a week ago. Um, you know, if anybody wants to uh, know the picture, then I just urge them to listen to Podcast 39 because Mark has summed it up perfectly. And, uh, you know, there's not much more to be, to be said. I do know that things have been developing this week, but, um, you know, it's over to the action group uh, to communicate that uh, to the fans because, you know, this is a multi-part, uh, multi-handed negotiation in many ways, which is going on. You know, we've got three football authorities involved. That's the FA, the Football League and the Premier League. Um, there are four, uh, sorry, the three local MPs plus the sports minister, uh, plus um, people who are civic leaders in Blackburn, very heavily involved. Uh, and of course, um, the club, uh, which it's an open issue whether we're talking to one, two or three parties at the club. So, um, you know, I think it's best that in terms of um, explaining factual uh, matters that it's over to the action group to do that. My gut feel right at the moment is that I do have a fear that the football authorities would like to, um, uh, you know, uh, shall we say, um, let this one quietly die. Um, I am, uh, there is no uh, formal investigation as such as yet. The points which Mark was making about the uh, huge amount of uh, evidence, and I will use the term evidence, not even circumstantial evidence. I think the, the, the uh, we, we put together, and the action group in particular, has put together a huge amount of evidence which uh, really paints a very disturbing picture. Um, now, uh, you know, the point which Mark made is very uh, clear that we, we are uh, football supporters. We are not forensic accountants. We are not uh, uh, people who can uh, have the resources now to follow through to the next level. And I uh, do think that the football authorities do have those resources. And uh, I'd want to be rather more reassured than I am at the moment that they are using those resources um, as fully and as effectively uh, as they might wish. One thing which I think is very, very encouraging is the involvement of Jack Straw. Um, Jack is an absolute key uh, figure in all this. Uh, Jack is passionate about Black and Rovers. He's passionate about the town and uh, putting uh, all politics to one side. I think Jack is a key figure and uh, he was incredibly impressive in the meeting with the sports minister. And I also think that, you know, at the end of the day, what may well happen is that the national politics will drive this issue. Uh, it is very clear that the politicians are heartily fed, and sick, fed up with the um, the way that football is being administered. I won't go any further than that. You know, the select committee last year came up with some very strong uh, positions in terms of the need for um, yeah, uh, legislation, either legislation or football to get its act together. I don't think there's any sign of football getting its act together. So I think that um, 
as and when inevitably the issue of football administration boils up on the uh, political front, then it's not just going to be Leeds, Portsmouth, etc., the old stories. But uh, next session of Parliament, I think you're going to be seeing Blackburn Rovers. And for that matter, um, what the Glazers have done at Man United has become even more apparent uh, with uh, that class of a flotation on the New York Stock Exchange. So, um, you know, it, I, I think there's an awful lot to be chased through and an awful lot to be seen through. Um, you know, for football fans, the issue is the, the proof in the pudding is, is what happens on the pitch. What happens on the pitch is a product of Steve Keane. And, uh, you know, thus far, I have to say, it's not at all encouraging. Um, Chevy Singh has said what he has about um, the future of Steve Keane. Um, again, you know, that has been pretty clear, possibly open to interpretation. You know, a, a draw is the first result, so we don't know whether um, <laughs> how a draw fits into the overall plan, other than it's one point towards 16 or 17 from the first seven games. So the ask rate for the next six has gone up. Um, so if Chevy fires uh, Steve Keane, then you know, we say, oh, oh, well and good. You know, we've just looked at the most monstrous incompetence and, and idiocy which has happened over the last 20 months. If Steve Keane survives and we haven't got those 16 or 17 points after the first seven games, then all the material which uh, the um, uh, action group has assembled begins to uh, take on far more significance and far, far deeper questions have to be asked. And you know, those are very, very disturbing questions indeed in terms of uh, what exactly is going on at Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. Now, Philip, can you uh, just explain to, to everyone uh, what your own role was uh, when you went down to uh, uh, meet uh, Richard Scudamore uh, in the meeting at Doncaster and then later on in London? Well, I, I, I was invited by the action group um, to go along. I mean... I, uh, for ill or for good, um, a month, uh, uh, there, are, there is information uh, which has come to me. I, I, I can put my hand on the heart and say that um, one piece of information which came to me, I know, um, has been comprehensively disproved, and I'm hugely that that is the case because it was a very smelly piece of information. You know. Um, I have been talking to a lot of uh, the players behind the scenes and I have got contacts be behind the scenes. So, um, you know, uh, Glenn and Mark asked me to participate uh, and I was very happy to do so. And uh, I contributed in terms of um, uh, helping the meetings flow and making certain points at certain times. And I have to say that, um, you know, uh, particularly at the meeting with the four MPs and uh, the sports minister, I was very surprised at uh, not only how open they were to us, but also how accepting they were of the points which we were making to them. And um, I, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, that, that was uh, very, very encouraging. 
and uh, obviously um, th th there are things which uh, I I'm absolutely certain that Hugh Robertson, the minister, and Jack Straw are actively following up on. Um, you know, when I'm saying that I'm a bit concerned in terms of the degree and level of follow-up, I'm not pointing at the politicians in that regard. I think politicians um, do have this particular bone in their teeth, and that is a message which I think needs to go to Pune and to Shebi Singh uh, very, very clearly, that um, you know, this is a government and a political issue as much as a football administration issue. Yeah, um, there's one point uh, raised by Mark Fish last week uh, that uh, was telling. The day before uh, going to the FA compliance uh, unit, um, they'd, they'd already dealt with someone um, in in respect of uh, Blackburn Rovers. So um, this is uh, this is a very wide issue and very deep issue, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. And uh, Shebi Singh had meetings during the course of this last week with both the Football League and the Premier League. Now, before people start reading too much into that, I understand that the meetings were simply the very, very long overdue and much delayed meetings, which both those organisations have been asking for from Venkis. Um, you know, uh, uh, Venkis not only don't answer to us as fans um, and haven't been answering to people from work, who work for them at Ewood Park, but uh, I understand that they've been pretty dilatory in terms of answering uh, questions from the Premier League, the Football League, the Football Association and from politicians as well. So um, basically, um, Shebby went for if what one might call a fireside chat um, and uh, was just uh, basically asked to explain himself and uh, quite possibly went through the process of uh, clearance for himself because uh, let's be clear, Shebby is not at the moment a director of Blackman Rovers Football Club and for him to become a director of Blackman Rovers Football Club, he himself has to go through the owners and directors test. Now, this is all hearsay. I don't know um, the extent to which it's, it's the case, but Shebby's meetings, um, I hope, uh, a lot pertinent questions were asked, but in no form or shape do I understand that this was actually part of a formal investigation as such. Eddie, do you have any comments? Well, I mean, obviously I wasn't present for any of the meetings, but uh, it, in terms of the things that, that Chevy's said and seems to be doing and the, the increased uh, interaction with the fans and, and the Premier League and the football authorities, it seems to be a positive, but he's rather set himself up now that if in you know a month or two we haven't seen serious action, uh, he's just going to look like a stooge. So really, I can't really say too much at this moment in time because I don't have the information that uh, maybe Philip has as to uh, what, what the next move for the action group would be. Um, and at the same time, in terms of judging um, Shebby Singh and you know, he has to kind of put up or shut up now. Um, we have the, the whether or not he's going to be able to deliver a, a new striker with Jordan Rhodes after he's, or or some other sort of A 
caliber target and then see if he if Steve Keen gets off to a bad start to see if he's also out the door. So a kind of reserve judgment on um on on what he's on how he's performing and what he's said uh, for the time being. Well, we've actually got permission now to uh, release a recording of the open floor meeting with Chevy Singh. Ho- hopefully, uh, people will be able to make their own minds up uh, about the uh, uh, the way that Chevy uh, handled the uh, the the whole meeting. Um, now, I was uh, I was at the meeting, and uh, as it was going on, um, it, it was being noted that. Already, uh, Sky Sky Sports were running a, a ticker uh, about the content of uh, Chevy's comments. Um, during the meeting, it was quite clear that this was explosive stuff coming from Chevy. Uh, the one thing that was quite clear that Chevy was uh, not a the type of person who 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 should be uh, making public comments uh, about uh, players and the club uh, in, in such a forum. Um, he's obviously approaching it as a TV pundit. Uh, he, interesting for, for me, he was uh, commenting on Steve Keane and uh, how modern managers uh, should, should you know, uh, lear, learn how to deal with the media. And uh, uh, he's, he's, of course, very adept at dealing with the media in one sense as a TV pundit, but um, I think he's realised rather quickly that... Uh, um, he has to approach things in a different way when he's acting in the capacity of a global advisor and the representative of, uh, of Venkis. Um, now, I think it's quite clear to everyone, including Chevy himself, that uh, uh, he made some rather inappropriate and uh, ill-advised remarks uh, with regards to uh, Steve Keane uh, as, as incumbent manager. And also uh, Morton Gams Pedersen. He may he may well be correct in his assessment, but uh, uh, you don't say that about uh, current uh, employees of the club. Uh, so uh, I think he'll have learnt his lesson from that. Um, but uh, we're going to be having a, 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 um, a BRFCS interview with Chevy uh, this week. Uh, Cami will be uh, doing the interview. Uh, Josh will be doing the recording. And uh, so we look forward very much to uh, hearing uh, what he has to say on those matters. Now, um, just like to bring in uh, Eddie, Philip, and Glenn. Uh, from what you've heard of uh, of, of the uh, open floor meeting, uh, what do you all make of it? Which which are the the main points for you all? Uh, first of all, just bring in Philip. How do you see it? Well, I, I think it's uh, really put the whole question into sharp relief, to be honest. Um, I personally do not see um, Steve Keane achieving a uh, an outcome which is Blackman Rovers challenging for promotion. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. So uh, sooner or later, the issue of parting company with Steve Keane is going to be firmly on the table, uh, then that is going to be the proof of the budding. Um, can Chevy fire him or can't he? Uh, if he can't, then I'm afraid the outlook is unbelievably grim. It's grim from the standpoint that clearly we're not going to go up this season. In fact, we might get relegated. Um, 
it's grim from the standpoint of the implications of what on earth is going on at Blackburn Rovers Football Club, which means that this guy cannot be fired. Um, you know, uh, I've sat in the meetings, as you rightly say, with the sports minister, with Richard Scudamore, and um, you know their opinions of the management of Blackburn Rovers since the Venkis took up, took over, is extremely low indeed. And I have to say that even these people are beginning to go down the road of saying, "Look, um, you know." When you're running a football club, you do so with a certain degree of logic. Even Portsmouth, uh, who you know, spent an absolute fortune which they didn't have, once they had made that extraordinary burst of spending, then the running of the club was logical. You know, it, it followed that they did what they needed to do in terms of the proper running of a football club, despite the fact that they had decided to burn themselves with totally unmanageable debt. That is not the case at Blackburn Rovers. There is very, very little that is logical. In fact, practically nothing whatsoever is logical. And if Keane stays, then you know, the logic, <laughs> such as it is, will have totally disappeared because the logic of appointing Chevy will have gone you know, and the logic of all this posturing that Keane is, uh, you know, three matches, six matches, seven matches, 16 points, 17 points, three consecutive losses, whatever the measure is, you know, all that will have just been shown to be hogwash. And that will then start asking a whole load of questions as to what exactly is going on at Blackman Rovers Football Club. And that will then start opening questions about agents and i'm afraid to say betting and match fixing yeah you're raising the point of uh, um you know three this uh, this three matches uh, affair uh, i was at the uh, open floor meeting and uh, uh, there was no question in my mind that uh, uh, the three matches thing uh, is, is something of a um, of a red herring uh, what chevy was intending to say was that um, if if results are poor, uh, Steve Keane will go. And to be honest, uh, you can say that about pretty much any manager. Um, it, it was just uh, he was asked to put a, a number on it and uh, someone from the crown said three. So he said, yes, I mean, three consecutive defeats. Um, it's uh, it's actually got nothing to do with how many defeats. It's uh, poor performance. If, uh, if Rovers don't look like uh, they're going to be challenging for for uh, an immediate return to the Premier League, then the manager will uh, will lose his position. Uh, I think that was uh, that was basically what Chevy was trying to say. Uh, he was also playing to the crowd as well, uh, which is um, another thing. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have uh, been doing that, but uh, I think there's that factor to take into account. Well, I mean, whatever the um, the theatrics of last Saturday morning, you know, the, the painful thing for our supporters is that we have seen an awful pre-season. We have seen a rubbish performance yesterday, which we're going to come on to. And, um, you know, nobody but nobody has any faith in Steve Keane. 
um, guiding us to promotion. And we're all sitting here saying, what on earth are we waiting for? You know, the transfer window is still open. There's still money apparently in the pot, albeit borrowed money from the uh, State Bank of India somewhere in Rajasthan. Um, you know, for goodness sake, give a manager who knows what he's doing a chance to do things with this. Furthermore, I mean, quite honestly, if you actually look at the Rovers squad and you take away all the people who've fallen out with Keane out of the equation and say, right, we'll start with the existing squad on a clean sheet of paper with a new manager, uh, then I think the existing squad is pretty useful. I don't think the existing squad would have got relegated last season were it not for Steve Keane. Mm, yeah. Uh, last uh, uh, last game against Ipswich, uh, um, in, in fact, uh, Balaji Rao was in the stands uh, watching the game, and uh, he he he's under no he's under no illusion as to uh, the ca- capabilities of Steve Keane as manager. Uh, so um, uh, I, I don't think we need to worry too much on that score. Uh, it's uh, really down to Mrs Desai. I think she's the she's the key person in in that respect. To, yeah, uh, Eddie, uh, c- could you uh, pass some comment on uh, on the open floor meeting? What what uh, you made of it? Yeah, I mean, the comments on Steve Keane, I don't think are quite as as shocking as as the kind of media reports have made them out to be. I mean, I agree with Philip. I mean, he's basically just said a series of, of poor performances and poor results will lead to him getting getting sacked, and uh, and, and you know. That's not really news for anyone. The comments about Pedersen, I thought, were, were unfair. I don't think it's... I mean, Pedersen's been fairly disappointing for a couple of seasons now uh, and was disappointing again yesterday. But there's no reason to sort of... for a you know senior management at, at, at a club to be targeting individual players um, and sort of calling them out in, in uh, at public meetings. So that one was the one that sort of took me by surprise and and slightly changed um what i thought of him i i i agree with you that he from what i've seen of the comments he comes across as someone as a tv pundit um not as a as a club official and maybe it'll take him a bit of time to to get used to the fact that he can't just say whatever he wants now and needs to have a, a sort of bigger filter and that he also needs to not say things you know, with the intent of of having people notice him and and be interested in what he's saying, and more needs to do it in the best interest of the club. Um, but we'll see. Mm, yeah. Now, immediately after the open floor meeting, uh, uh, he uh, was supposed to be going over to Cork uh, to uh, to watch the the friendly on the Sunday, and uh, reports suggest that uh, the team. Uh, and uh, Steve Keane didn't want him on the flight with them. And uh, also at the game, uh, there was this rather bizarre um, celebration of uh, Morton Gamps Pedersen's goal. Um, Glenn, if we could just bring you in here, the friendly over in Cork uh, you went along to. Can, can you just uh, tell us uh, what your views of the game were and uh, of the events surrounding it? Yeah, uh, well, first off, Chevy wouldn't have been on the flight with the team in the first place because the team were already at the airport before the open meeting started. Uh, we actually assumed he was going to be on our flight and we obviously realised he wasn't. Um, 
as for the actual game, I mean, I, I never want for putting a lot of stock in preseason games. You know, never read too much into them. Um, however, Colin Kazim Richards looked class, and um, he, he's kind of now echoed that in um, in yesterday's performance at Ipswich. Good Willie looked fat, disinterested, slow. All the things he'd been you know criticised for recently. Um, Pedersen's goal was superb, okay. We were playing not just Cork, we were playing Cork's essentially a mixture of their second and youth team. So anything less than looking spectacular would have been an embarrassment. But um yeah, P- Pedersen's goal, the um the, the um Zimmer frame celebration they all did afterwards was um probably quite indicative that you know, some of the rumours that Keane still has chunks of the dressing room on side are, are, are possibly um are possibly theirs, you know, so it it's um it's quite interesting that going back to your points on on Shebby, um it was very very interesting the the open meeting i know that Shebby done large chunks of um of what he said they had said to individual groups and you know individual people in small sections before and it does seem that he's worked out that you know certain comments will get certain fans on side you know they basically telling people he's there to start, you know to to um not so much to sack, sack Keane, but basically the first time he screws up, he's, he's got the authority to get rid of him, gets people on side. The fact that he outranks Agnew gets people on side. Um, and I, I think with Pedersen, you know, he's probably been talking to a lot of people who really don't rate Pedersen, um, or certainly rate his performance in the last few years. And when you're doing that in you know, little small groups, fair enough, you can get away with it. But when you say it you know, in front of a sky camera to an entire room full of people really not acceptable and he's got to learn the difference you know between what he can say in private and what he can say in public um john williams was always a classic case of that john was known for being very very candid talking one to one to people you know he'd tell you all sorts of things but you were also very aware that if you kind of repeated these as fact anywhere he'd just deny it you know because that was the nature of the thing so i think yeah chevy a little bit naive um i'm also quite um you know the the the, the jury's still out. Um, what the fans, what a lot of the fans are going through after Shebby's come in, we went through in Pune last year when we went out and spoke to Balaji. We had, admittedly, not with the same flair that Shebby put it across, but we had pretty much the same statements that um, you know um, Keen was on his, his his sort of final warning, and you know Balaji had the power and the desire and um, and, and will to get rid. Um, before it was too late, and nothing happened then, so we'll see whether pa- Shebby's got the power he thinks. But um, yeah, going back to Cork, very um, uninspiring game, but then pre-seasons tend to be um, no real standout performances. As I say, it was more the celebration that was the talking point afterwards than anything else. And um, yeah, apparently a very very quiet day because um, Cork um, were playing a, a GAA game. That day, so almost the entire city was was out. Um, you know, the, the, there weren't many people left behind to watch us. But um, yeah, the Guinness was good. That's probably the, the hot, high spot of the trip. That's the only reason you went, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But and, and to be fair, it was good to you know it, 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 the people we were out there were, were good and um, there was a very good atmosphere. The Irish are lovely, lovely people. Um, and yeah, the from a from a personal point the part of the trip I'll never forget is watching the um, Olympic boxing in an Irish bar full of Irish people thinking yep the Brit's got that round and he's got that round and this isn't going to be fun for the last 10 minutes when you all realise he's just the Irish lad's just lost um, <laughs> but yeah um, 
fun trip, but certainly not there for the football. Great, great. Yeah. Did did, uh, did you actually see Chevy at all? No, yeah. no. I, I, I mean, um, the, for for a ground you can walk all the way round. They it, it, um, they actually had a steward as you went in that basically spotted anyone that looked like a Rovers fan and said, right, you guys, you're all down that end. Um, Realising that that then put us as far away as possible from um, from the dugout. But I, I, I mean, for I, I couldn't see Chevy over there. Mm. So uh, not the sort of I don't remember any private boxes or anything like that that he could have been hiding in. So I'm assuming he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yesterday uh, you went down to the first match of the season at uh, Ipswich Town. Yeah. Um, good day out. Fantastic day out. Um, I mean, I don't doubt that the sunshine helped a bit. I don't doubt that its location meant fewer people than normal drove, which meant more people than normal drank. Um, but it, it it was almost the first up, up until half time it was almost reminiscent of a European trip, sort of you know the the town was taken over with us. Unfortunately, way too many lads that have spent too many years on beer and pies with the shirts off. Um, but um, yeah, I mean amazing atmosphere in the pubs. The first half in the ground, the atmosphere was fantastic. Um, far less anti-keen rhetoric than I expected. You know, a couple of keen out shouts, but. It was a lot more backing of the team, and I mean, the, I don't know if the Portman Road stands are particularly good acoustically, but we sounded amazingly loud in that first half. Um, and then, yeah, half time came the usual sort of keen performance. Second half, the the, the um, we take we take a foot off the gas, we sit back, and then make a few substitutions, and it all goes even worse. But um, up up until half time, it was all um, it was a fantastic day out. Yeah. Yeah, good, good, good. And uh, uh, Eddie, uh, you were watching from afar uh, the, uh, the the match itself. Uh, what did you make of the actual performance down at Ipswich? Uh, sort of same old story in a sense. I thought we started relatively positively. I mean, Ipswich looked good in the opening couple of minutes. Um, then we seemed to find our feet. Uh, they... We weren't exactly controlling the game or dominating the game, but they didn't look particularly threatening, and it just looked like the sort of match where eventually our our quality would come through and that we would get the win. Uh, we got the goal. At that point, it continued to, you know, for the next couple of minutes, looked reasonably comfortable, and then Steve Keane sort of resorted to his usual tactic of, as soon as we had a lead, just sitting back and sort of trying to defend for however long is left, and eventually the pressure told and, and, and they equalised. We also went back to the totally bypassing the midfield for long periods of the game and just long ball tactics. Um, we suffered from the fact that we had no wide options whatsoever, either really coming from the fullbacks, which we've had, I mean, last year for towards the end of the season, we had, you know, the fullbacks got quite involved in the plays, particularly Orr. Um, that didn't happen at all yesterday and not helped by the fact that, you know, Jason Laws is not a left back. Um, and, and, you know, Formica is, is, is not a wide player either. And it simply just turned into a, a Tuhu and, and, and Murphy sitting incredibly deep, uh, Gomez up front, giving the ball away quite easily. Um, really, he's not a, he's not a target man and he's not really particularly good at holding up the ball and bringing others into play. So, you know, it was just not exactly what you wanted to see from the opening match because you hoped that we would have a bit more shape. Um, but 
when it comes down to it, Steve Keen simply doesn't know how to organize a team. And no matter really, you know, unless we are significantly better than the opposition by a considerable margin, I don't see how we'll consistently win matches. Yeah. Uh, we were discussing this point last week, uh, uh, sorry, the week before. Um, basically, they've had the whole of pre-season together. Uh, this is the first time that this 11 has played together, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, during the preseason, he he decided to play a, you know, no team for more than forty five minutes, co- you know, consistently changing changing the squad up, and then on on you know playing players in various positions and and different roles within the side. So, with the exception really of Murphy and Atuhu from having played together for four seasons at Fulham, everyone else is is playing with new players in new positions and. Uh, tactics that they're not familiar with, so it's not really the best way to start a season. But he's not helped by the fact that, in a sense, there are one or two players missing who it would be good to see being involved. The problem is with Steve Keane and with Venkies, you don't know whether the players who are seemingly unfit or not quite up to match fitness are really unfit or whether it's, you know, contractual issues or who knows what preventing them from playing or simply that they don't get along with Steve Keane. And hopefully when you one or two more are fit and, and can be used, uh, the squad will look better. But on the basis of yesterday's performance, it's similar to what we saw last year and that there's no clear, you know, the players don't seem to know what they're supposed to be out there doing. Too many players are being played out of position, and uh, we just we're going to struggle to break teams down against Ipswich. Were by no means spectacular, but they were organised, and and that's more than can be said for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Glenn, in in the ground watching live, uh, did you have the feeling at any time in the second half that uh, an equaliser was inevitable? Absolutely. Um, it, I mean. <laughs> It didn't need to be in the ground for that. Um, it, it was, you know, we've seen this time and time again. We 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 take a lead and we we then just sit back and it. It the general feeling was it's only a matter of time. You know, we we've seen this happen so so many times that, you know, it it, it was we, we we just everyone knew it was coming, and then to be fair, we I think everyone expected a a, a late winner for for Ipswich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was the feeling at the end uh, one of relief that we'd managed to get a point out of it? Yeah, certainly a, a, a little bit. And I mean, ultimately, that was a game we should have easily won. So, you know, everyone was disappointed with only a point. But, um, yeah, certainly with the um, the one that, you know, the, the shot towards the end that Givet saved, saved with his face, you felt that we got let off a little bit with um, with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Philip, uh, you didn't actually uh, watch the match as a whole, but um, uh, I, I believe that uh, Mr. Balaji was at the match and left with a, a rather uh, angry face. Well, so it's been reported. I I don't know. Um, all I, I I've been on the BRFCS website this morning, and I have to say it is unusual for Rover supporters. Unanimity that yesterday was not very good, and I'm being polite. Uh, you know, 
Um, I think that everybody is enormously disappointed. Uh, I think Glenn's absolutely right. There were three points to be had there yesterday. And the only reason we haven't got three points is because of the manager. It's 100% down to the manager. It's not down to the players or anything. It is the manager and his inability to set up a team. Yeah. I actually looked at the, um, the team lineup and uh, I wondered whether they were playing three at the back with uh, Jason Law, uh, wide right, wing back, and uh, Morton Gams Pedersen on the left. Uh, that would have seemed to be uh, you know, a, a fairly reasonable lineup, but uh, I couldn't believe it when I heard that uh, Jason Lowe was playing left left back. Um, I mean, just didn't make sense with the uh, with the rest of the players we had. Uh, and you know, where width and pace was coming. Yeah, sorry. I did, let's not forget it's been publicly said that we don't need a left back. We don't need to sign one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Martin Olsen, of course, uh, is still recovering from a groin injury. I think he had a minor op on it. Yeah, he did. Well, there's, yeah. And there's Marcus as well. Yeah, he's not really a left back, though, is he? He's a left-sided left player, but uh, he's, he's yeah. hardly a full back. Uh, and you could even argue that Martin Olsen is, is better played for, further up the pitch. But, um, yeah, uh, and whether Martin Olsen will stay, stay or not is... Uh, is another question as well. But, uh, anyway, yeah, and on the other side of the field, uh, uh, Simon Vukcevic, uh, he keeps uh, drifting in and out of the frame. Um, got to wonder whether he'll still be around come the end of the window. Indications seem to be that he's supposed to be involved. He just has this kind of mysterious, you know, nose operation that he had, which seems to have kept him out now for 14 months. I come back to my point that, you know, with a proper manager, there is a squad there um, which with possibly a couple of judicious additions is going, um, going to be good enough to get his promotion and, and get his automatic promotion. But uh, with that manager, uh, with Keane, I mean, he could well get his automatic relegation. Yeah, yeah. Well, our next three matches uh, against uh, Hull on Wednesday, uh, Leicester next Saturday, and then Leeds uh, the week after. Uh, all three of those teams uh, won yesterday, and uh, they all kept a clean sheet. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how we're doing the next three matches, uh, especially given uh, what uh, Chevy Singers said. Um, during this coming week, uh, as, as we say, there'll be a, a BRFCS interview with Chevy Singh. So look forward to, to hearing what uh, Chevy has to say. Um, are there any other bits of news that any of you have? Well, I think on the transfer front, obviously, um, the Rhodes situation needs watching carefully. Uh, Rhodes was not in the Huddersfield squad, uh, which lost very unluckily at Cardiff on Friday night. Uh, I understand that is because of a genuine injury niggle. I understand that um, the folks at Huddersfield are absolutely furious with Rovers 
and you know uh, privately or not words like tapping up are being uh, muttered um, rovers were told in no uncertain terms what the uh, what the state of play was uh, and rovers have you know in the view of the Huddersfield people I understand rovers have not played at all clean Situation now is that I believe that it's been handed over to Derek Shaw uh, to land the fish uh, or land roads. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, obviously, Derek Shaw has experience with these sorts of things from his Preston days. Uh, one thing which can be said, this is no John Williams show. John Williams used to have an unbelievable uh, ability to land the targets, uh, but sadly, um, those days are long since gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, nothing really. I'm just watching the road situation. It's kind of trying to figure out exactly what we've bid, and, you know, this kind of, as we get closer and closer, supposedly, to the the, the magical number that Huddersfield have, but seemingly are unwilling to to offer 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 it. Um it's a bit far score really. I mean if we if we want to sign him and we know what the asking price is, I understand that we should if we were right to not immediately come in with the uh the offer and see if we could work them down. But at this point, um if we really do want to sign him we should just kind of get on with it. Because uh, I'm not sure I about am... the hamstring. I think when I saw that saw him sitting out, um that made me rather suspicious. I mean we've seen that so many times with, with people playing for us where they have the, the, the hamstring suddenly gets tweaked, you know, a day or two before a, a match when, when rumors are, are flying. It's, well, it's I, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't see the Scotland match, but apparently there was a limp there uh, at the end of the game. Um, one twist may be that uh, we are pretty well at the end of our um, pot of money from the State Bank of India and that there had been assumed that um, more players than just Petrovic uh, would have gone by now. Now, Petrovic disappeared this week to Turkey. I uh, don't know whether it's a loan or a sale, uh, but one way or another, that might have just put the necessary bit of money in the pot uh, to pull it over. A cynical way of looking at things, saying, well, if Chevy has stepped back and given this to Derek Shaw, is Chevy just simply um, getting himself out of the line of blame for not getting roads? Uh, given that um, Keane had Cox all lined up and Chevy vetoed that one, um, so the argument would go that we would have had the striker by now. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is part of the problem of what's going on at Rovers. You know, is it a pantomime? Are people playing their roles and basically hogwashing the uh, supporters that there's some sort of a scrap going on between, um, you know, in the family between Balaji and his sister? Uh, at Rovers between the Singh camp and the King camp? Uh, or are these fights for real? Mm. Uh, you know, um, all will be revealed or not as the time goes by. But the thing which really worries me is that when the 31st of August comes round, I think we're what, 12% of the way through the season. 
uh, in terms of league uh, title, and we are potentially 50% of the way through our cups. Yeah. yeah. Can, can, I, can I just say the Petrovic thing? Um, I've kind of tried hard to figure this out, but seemingly no one knows where he's going. He's just was withdrawn from the match day squad and then has mysteriously headed off to a Turkey, but unnamed club. Not sure whether it's a loan or a transfer. I mean, I'm probably by the time this podcast comes out, all, all will be clear. But for the time being, um, seems rather mysterious. Deeply so. But, and uh, Philip was referring to uh, the fact that we're away to MK Dons in the League Cup. Uh, I, I think I'm right in saying that, am I? Yes, uh, that's correct. Yeah, is it, I can't remember. Is it, this is just simply a one-legged away affair, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing which you can be certain of is that the MK Dons manager will have his uh, players well up for that one, uh, given these Blackman Rovers, uh, Black Cars, Blackman Rovers connections. And, uh, you know, I've seen a bit of MK Dons last season. This is not going to be an easy tie whatsoever. And I uh, personally, yeah, looking at those draws, that draw for the this round of the League Cup, uh, I'd have to say MK Dons to beat Blackburn Rovers would have to be pretty high on the list of uh, lower league teams beating a higher league team. Uh, well, we'll we shall see. We shall see. Um, given uh, what happened last year, we had a, an excellent chance of getting uh, getting to the final last year. Uh, this season, it'd be good to have a run. If we can be kept yeah. in the in in the pot. Uh, whoever's manager in September. That'd be rather good. It would indeed. But, I mean, we, uh, to quote Mr Keane, we forfeited our semi-final. Yeah. What was uh, all that about? Yeah. Well, uh, I think uh, uh, we've uh, we've run out of time for today's podcast. Um, I'd just like to say a, a big thank you to everyone for coming on. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you to uh, Eddie. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And Philip, thanks for coming on. Not at all. I <laughs> might be appropriate, but uh, to get a good signal, I'm actually sat in the grounds of a hospice. I hope that's not uh, a sign of things to come for Blackburn Rovers this season. Right. Yeah, as long as you're not there on a more permanent basis. No, no, no. <laughs> Just sitting on a bench. <laughs> and uh, Glenn, uh, thanks for... Uh, your comments and also uh, for the production of today's podcast. Thanks, Glenn. Pleasure as always. That's yeah, good. Uh, next week, uh, we should have Cami back. Uh, today, uh, it's, of course, uh, Eid, uh, the celebration uh, that comes at the end of Ramadan. Ramadan finished yesterday, of course. But we'll uh, welcome him back next week. Uh, in the meantime, Cam, Cami will be uh, doing the uh, podcast interview with Chevy Singh, so look out for that one also. Well, uh, thanks ever so much for being with us, uh, wherever you are, and uh, do take care. Thank you. <laughs>